0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1665, Running Low in Retirement, Income Strategies, Part 2, by Darrow Kirkpatrick of CanIRetireYet.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. This is the show where I narrate posts from thought leaders in personal finance every single day of the year, in 10 minutes or less. If you're someone who wants to keep good personal finance practices top of mind, but you don't have the time to read all the various blogs out there, then this show is for you. And if you like this idea of reading blogs to you for free, it'd be great if you could share this podcast with someone today. That would be greatly appreciated. Now, today's post is a continuation from yesterday. So if you're new here, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's post first. But if you're all caught up, let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. Running Low in Retirement, Income Strategies, Part 2, by Darrow Kirkpatrick of caniretireyet.com. A reverse mortgage lets you generate income from your home equity, guaranteed for life as long as you stay in your home. You or your heirs may not own your home in the end, but you'll never owe more on the loan than the value of your home. Government insurance protects you if the bank has problems producing income, and it protects the bank if you should consume all of your equity before dying. From your perspective, the advantage is clear. Using only your home without requiring any additional assets, you now have access to an income stream that will last as long as you do. Though recent reforms have reduced the costs and risks, reverse mortgages are far from a perfect solution. In my opinion, they should be considered a last resort. In the right circumstances, they are a legitimate choice, but they remain complex and expensive. They are sometimes sold aggressively in inappropriate situations. Used recklessly, they could result in losing your home. Why? Because you still must have cash flow to pay for taxes, insurance, and maintenance, or risk default. Given the expense and downside, The government requires financial counseling before you can take on a reverse mortgage. The biggest downside to a reverse mortgage in my mind is the expense. The transaction costs are similar to buying a home. At settlement, there will be an origination fee, shop around for the best deal, only the maximum is set by the government, an upfront mortgage insurance premium, generally 0.5% of the appraised value, and other typical real estate closing costs. Then for the life of the loan, the lender will draw down your home equity to pay its interest charge based on the market rate, an FHA insurance premium of 1.25% and possibly a servicing charge. Those long-term charges will substantially erode your wealth, though the effects may be hidden by the regular income you receive. In my example calculations, about 5 to 7% of the available home equity disappears into fees at the start of the reverse mortgage. Then there are the monthly charges compounding for the life of the loan after that. If there is a cheaper way you can generate retirement income than a reverse mortgage, you should choose it instead. My figures show a reverse mortgage generates about a 3% draw against your total home equity for life not adjusted for inflation. Compared to getting zero, that's pretty good. But compared to annuitizing or probable stock market returns, it's nothing special. The second biggest downside to a reverse mortgage is the complexity. The more complicated a financial instrument, the harder it is to determine the risk and reward. You may have to rely heavily on mortgage professionals to understand and compare offerings. Two online calculators that I found useful in this process were from the Mortgage Professor and the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association, or NRMLA. Despite the drawbacks, reverse mortgages will likely be the best retirement income solution for baby boomers who are house poor, stuck in large homes with inadequate cash flow. Downsizing would often be preferable, but reverse mortgages are another option. Scott Burns writes, quote, used for long-term planning rather than emergencies, reverse mortgages are likely to become a major tool for the millions of Americans who have a lot more equity in their homes than in their retirement savings, end quote. Example, how do these income-based strategies work in practice? For a typical retired couple, what is the potential financial benefit of annuitizing and taking out a reverse mortgage? To answer these questions, let's analyze a typical scenario. Assume a couple, both age 65, that is concerned about their ability to meet retirement expenses going forward. They have $500,000 in total saved investment assets and they own their $250,000 home free and clear. For an initial retirement income strategy, they could try systematic withdrawals from their investments using a safe withdrawal rate expected to preserve their assets over a 30-year retirement. What is that safe withdrawal rate these days? Well, it's probably less than the historical 4%. In fact, Wade Pfau recently argued that it's more like 2%. But for our example, let's give systematic withdrawals the benefit of the doubt using a slightly more optimistic 3% safe withdrawal rate. At a 3% safe withdrawal rate, this couple's $500,000 in investments can safely generate about $1,205 a month in inflation-adjusted retirement income. Coupled with social security, that might be enough, but it could be very tight depending on their lifestyle. What if they want to live less frugally and are willing to give up some control of their principal? Well, as I write this, immediateannuities.com will let them buy an annuity with those investment assets that generates about $2,400 a month. And the NRMLA reverse mortgage calculator shows that they could take out a reverse mortgage on their home to generate about another $700 a month for life. That's a total of about $3,100 a month in guaranteed retirement income. So by annuitizing plus using a reverse mortgage, this couple can nearly triple their available monthly retirement income versus what can be achieved using a safe withdrawal rate from their investments alone. By virtue of having some assets, investments and a home, and choosing to give up some control over their principal, they can significantly boost their retirement income. Though the final amount is not inflation adjusted, it's likely to exceed what they could safely draw from their investments for decades to come staying afloat. So that's it. This article and the last have provided the ingredients for a backup plan on both the expense and income sides of retirement. The strategies I've discussed give you leverage to preserve a comfortable lifestyle without charity from the outside, even in some of the worst case financial scenarios. The essential strategy for increasing retirement income is this. You give away some or all of your principal in exchange for better cash flow. That also means that you lose some flexibility for handling emergency expenses, gifting, or inheritance. But in return, you get the peace of mind of guaranteed income for life. Running low in retirement would be a nightmare, but there are solutions to keep you safe. If you are in this particular boat, you may have to give up pride of ownership in the vessel, but at least you can keep it afloat for the duration of the voyage. You just listened to part two of the post titled Running Low in Retirement Income Strategies by Darrow Kirkpatrick of CanIRetireYet.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college, USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. One of the things that I really love about hosting the show is that I get to learn right alongside you. And if I could offer any kind of encouragement to listeners, it would be this. You don't need to know everything about personal finance to take charge of your financial health. You just need to know enough to be able to effectively navigate your current situation. Admittedly, this article intimidated me. I find annuities complex and confusing, and this is actually the first time I've ever read about reverse mortgages. But that's okay, because at one point, I didn't know how to get out of debt or save money or invest either, and look where I am now. I did find this article really interesting though, and it made me wanna do some more research on reverse mortgages. I can see why Darrow recommends this as a last resort and that it only makes sense for people with certain unique circumstances. One of the things I read that gave me pause is that the reverse mortgage must be repaid when the borrower dies, permanently moves out, or sells the home. And you're accumulating interest through the life of the loan that eventually needs to be paid back. So if you wanna leave your home to your children, for example, Having a reverse mortgage on the property could cause problems if your heirs don't have the funds needed to pay off the loan. Another thing to consider is that in order to benefit from the reverse mortgage, you need to be healthy enough to continue living in your home. If an individual's health declines to the point where they must relocate to a treatment facility, the loan must be repaid in full. So a reverse mortgage might not be the best long-term strategy for someone who has growing health concerns as they age. And that's another episode of Optimal Finance Daily in the Books. Thank you for your support and for listening every day. I'll be back tomorrow where optimal life awaits.